The following podcast is part of the Joy Road Media family. Enjoy. Welcome to Camp Creep, a podcast focusing on anthology horror. Starting with Tales from the Crypt. I'm your least favorite camp counselor, Tish Delano. And I'm the other camp counselor, Lauren Jewell. Campers. 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 This episode is fucking dark. Like, yeah, it's horror. You know, it's a horror anthology show. But holy bejesus, it's so dark. Yeah, like, straight out of left field, and I know we're gonna, like, cover everything the Crypt Keeper says, but even his jokes are terrible in this. Oh, man, yeah, this is, uh, this is a difficult episode, a, a tread-lightly episode, mm-hmm. especially considering th- things going on, so... It may sound a little different. <laughs> it, it might even be a super short, not particularly funny episode. And, uh, yeah. Sorry, I guess. More apologies. <laughs> Oi. All right, campers. On that note, let's take a look at the bulletin board. What is the bulletin board, you might be asking? Well, Camp Canceler Tish, I'm so glad you asked because this was your brilliant idea. So uh, please. Was. Please explain. (laughs) This is just going to be the segment where we just talk about things related to the podcast, little things of note not related to the podcast, updates. And I believe the other plan is going to be like, when we get reviews. Yes, we will share them. Yes. So if uh, you want to hear a shout out on the bulletin board, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I think it's like when they post like letters from home at camp. <laughs> yes, exactly. Anything that we need to let our campers know will be posted on the bulletin board. Uh, you know what else I really enjoy? What? Whenever we talk to the campers, yes. we sound very Midwest. Yeah, the Midwest really just comes right out. I also imagine the camp counselors from Adam's Family Values. <gasps> Oh, man, those are, like, <laughs> my favorite camp counselors ever in a movie. Ever. So if you can't tell, we're, just, we're leading very hard into this whole camp theme. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for this week's bulletin board, we had a very important update, incredibly super important, that we need to share with our campers. We have hit the Apple charts in Finland. Again, right? Isn't this again, though? Yeah, I mean, we so we shared it, I believe we shared it on Insta- on our social media accounts. I don't remember if we talked about it. We, at one point, were up to number 10 in the TV reviews, <laughs> still in the, you know, top 200 in TV and film in Finland, and we did briefly... For like a few days, we broke into the U.S. charts at number like 219, which is amazing. That's our, be our first time hitting the U.S. charts under TV reviews. So big deal. But it's got us talking a lot about we don't know anybody from Finland. So if you are 
listening and you happen to be in Finland, please send us an email. Let us know who you are. Leave us a comment, something, anything. We're so curious to how we hit the charts in Finland. I do have a theory, uh-huh. but also I want you to narrate. I want you to narrate. Narrate. Yeah, that's the word. Hi. Words are really hard sometimes. Yeah. Kim Counselor Tish, what am I downloading? Okay, you were expecting me to not have old <laughs> eyes, and I have ancient eyes. You are downloading Duolingo. <laughs> because your girl already wanted to go to Finland one day, so... <laughs> Listen, single Finnish listener, I'm sure, <laughs> who maybe accidentally downloaded all our episodes, we will come to Finland just to do a live show only for you. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and I think the reason we may have this listener in Finland might be because I shared our podcast in the shut fan group on Facebook. Oh, maybe. So also, if you're from the Shudder fan group, pretty please send us an email. Right? It always shocks me when somebody's like, oh yeah, and by the way, I listened to your podcast. I'm like, what? I went on a job interview and I ended up sharing our podcast. And actually, when I applied for a job, I shared the podcast because it was through Facebook and it says on my Facebook account that I am a co-host at Camp Creep. And so I pop into this interview and the lady goes, so I uh, listened <laughs> your podcast. I'm like, oh, oh, you did. Oh, okay. And she's like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I want to know what episode she listened to. I, yes, I'm very curious. I explained to her, I don't think she listened to a lot of podcasts, but I have definitely given out her business card during job interviews. Yes. So if you're someone that has interviewed with me and you're listening, hi, thank you for the interview. Hopefully you're calling me back for a job. Yeah, you should definitely hire Tish. She is fantastic. (laughs) She gives it her all. I do. If not, it's okay. It's okay. You can still listen. I, I I won't be bitter. However, I will speak very bitterly of you because it has no effect on me whatsoever. Do you have any other updates for us? I do. So part of this episode's incredibly dark theme ventures into the realm of domestic violence. And if you are listening to this episode in real time, then you probably are aware of the Gabby Pepito case, where a young woman was traveling across the country with her fiancé, and she went missing. But they recently, actually just Sunday, I believe, found her remains. So I was like, oh, wow, great timing. We're about to cover an incredibly dark episode that touches on domestic violence, and there's a very high-profile case in the news going on about domestic violence. So, just a heads up about that, a warning if this is something you're a little sensitive to, understandable. Uh, This was a very difficult episode for both of us, and of course, because it was so difficult, we had to watch it about five times a piece. I think I watched it four times alone today. Yeah, because it was just so hard to try to take our normal notes, and also, like, come up with, you know, funny things to say, because really there's not a lot funny about domestic violence. So we're giving this our best try, campers. Our best try, which is all we can really ask in life, is to try your best. Yes. All right. Are you ready to go creeping through that crypt? I am super ready to go creeping through the crypt. Are you ready for your creeperosity? Yes, 
So I'm going to start this with a very different type of creeperosity. Okay. We're actually going to creep into a story about my parents. Oh, okay. <laughs> so my dad's birthday was never something he wanted to celebrate. Mm-hmm. My mom, however, always wanted to celebrate. But one year, he kind of got his way and like... Nothing really happened. Nothing really happened. Every night after dinner, he would go to the local donut shop. Well, on this particular year, my mother called up the donut shop he always went to, told the owner that it was Michael's birthday, and the owner was like, oh my God, Jennifer, we're on it. So then, you know, we finish eating dinner at home. My dad leaves. He walks into the donut shop and all of his buddies that are there, all of the frequent donut shop folks yell, happy birthday. Aww. The man turned and walked out, (gasps) never went back. (gasps) Oh my God. (laughs) Wow. So that's my creeperosity for you. (laughs) It's very on theme and you'll understand why at the end of the episode, campers. And this is season two, episode five, Three's a Crowd. And this is your synopsis. This episode of Tales from the Crypt is based off of the 11th issue of Shock and Suspense Stories. The anniversary trip that nobody asked for. (laughs) Della and Richard are celebrating their 10-year anniversary? It's 10 years, right? Did I just make that up? Sounds right. Cool. We're going to go with it, campers. Yeah, so they're celebrating their 10-year anniversary in style, thanks to their friend, Alan. However, it's not all happy feelings and butterflies in the tummy as Richard's paranoia starts to get the better of him, and he thinks the two of them are having a deadly affair. Ooh. Shenanigans ensue, and everybody gets what they deserve. Kind of. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, campers, we're going to try for you. We are. (laughs) Okay, so this episode opens on the Crypt Keeper podcasting. How cute is that? I was pretending that he was a radio show host, and I'd like to think that that's why, that's what what I wanted to be when I grew up, was because of that particular scene. Yes, he did very much look like Robin Williams in Good Morning Vietnam. And he makes it clear that this episode is all about marriage, so that's your first hint that this is probably going to end super well. Mm -hmm. And we open on on the scene First note I have is gorgeous lighting. Oh, yes. Very blue, very moody. Yes, super moody. And we open on Richard, alone, in the dark, smoking, drinking, staring at the front door. Not creepy at all. No, and like... Here's what I want to point out about this scene. Mm -hmm. The score for this episode reminds me a lot of the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Like, do you hear it? Yeah, yeah. There were several times it sounds like it's about to go into that melody. Mm-hmm, and it's it all like, doesn't. Do yeah, do it's do it's, do. it's like depressing piano music, but in the same tone of the Nightmare on Elm Street score. So I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great music. It really sets the mood. Richard is sitting there and he's waiting, waiting creepily as fuck. And it looks like there's a super romantic dinner on the table. There's candles. There's 
all this ambiance of it should be romantic. Mm-hmm. But he's alone in the dark. And then in comes Della, home from shopping. Shopping! Yes, and Richard is on her immediately, questioning what she was doing. Bro, do you see the shopping bags? What do you think she was doing? In Richard's defense, and one of the only few defenses I will give him, <laughs> is that she told him she was only going to be gone for one, two hours tops, and she was gone for like four hours. Okay, and in my defense, <laughs> that is so classically me, I actually just did this. Oh, God. So I just, my, one of my besties from college... Hey, Ray, it's a shout out. I love you, bro. So we hung out on Saturday and I told Steven, I was like, I'm going to be gone for a little while. I didn't really give him a set time. I forgot that when A-Ray and I get talking, I mean, it, like, time does not exist. We just riff back and forth and <laughs> we vent and we were catching up that my phone has been set on do not disturb, oh. which is why I haven't been getting any of my stinking calls. So I did not know that I was getting calls from Steven and texts. So he thought I was dead. <laughs> so then I had to call and be like, hi, I love you. I didn't know you called. Don't be mad. I'm still at A-Raise. He's like, oh, okay, just, like, when you weren't responding to me, I got scared. And I was like, that is valid. That yes. is very valid. And that's how I see it, too. Like, I would be worried at that point. Like, if somebody tells me, hey, I'm only going to be gone for this certain amount of time, and I don't hear anything, and I don't see an activity, I'm going to be like, I just want to make sure you're okay. Yes, that you're not dead. Please and thanks. So, yes, being upset, totally, like, being miffed. Valid, valid. Of course, you know, Richard has to take it to, like, the next level. He's super pissed because apparently she was with Ellen. Yeah, who is also, and we're going to come back to this in about 10 more minutes, Yeah, is apparently Richard's BFF. And he's also the one that like surprised them for this super epic anniversary trip yes. thing. So apparently she was out shopping with Alan and he's super pissed that Alan bought her a coat. And it's like, calm down, dick. Like, calm down. It's a coat. <laughs> it's a coat. If I see you without a winter coat this year, damn it, I'm buying you a coat. Um, Does that mean we're having an affair? I mean, I mean, maybe. Well, hey. <laughs> I mean, also, if you-, <laughs> you have yelled at me about not wearing a coat because it's not one of my skill sets. Yes, yes. Also, if you have any fan fiction that you'd like to send <laughs> to us regarding your favorite camp counselors, feel free to send it to campcreeppodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> I very much enjoy reading a good smutty fan fiction. I will support your fantasies. I don't know how I feel about reading fan fiction that involves me, but you know what? We'll take it. Yes. Yes, good. Yes, good. Find um, the compliment. Also, I'm loving that you're already calling him Dick because somehow you get Dick from Richard. Yeah. Richard oh, from Dick. I, yeah. I don't follow how we ended up with this for people named Richard. But yeah. it's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. That's interesting. Yeah. In all my notes, he's just called Dick from this point on. Perfect. Because... He Spoiler is. alert, he's a dick. Mm -hmm. Dick is revealing himself throughout this opening scene to be incredibly controlling and insecure. He blows up at her because she said she'd be gone for an hour and she was gone for longer. But really, when you boil it down, what he's really mad about is that she was with Alan. Yeah, it probably wouldn't have mattered whatever they did. He would have been like, mm, not a fan, not a fan. 
It also doesn't help that the next little part, as he's complaining to Della about this whole situation, he's opening his, like, fifth thing of tiny bottle of scotch or whiskey. Mm -hmm. And, God, there's a lot of empty containers around there. Yeah, he's a little toasted. So she reveals that Alan was the best man at their wedding, which is incredibly mind-boggling, because it's like, what... What's the problem? If he was the best man, that would be... Your best friend. Yeah. Like, come on, dick. So why is he all wiggy about Della hanging out with Alan? That is a super big red flag. Listen, like, I am monogamous, but I have friends of all genders. My partner has friends of all genders, and I wouldn't have been with him. And frankly, I've refused to date anyone ever that has said, oh, you can't have you know, male friends. Be like, mm-hmm. well, okay. Um, goodbye. <laughs> Super huge red flag. So uh, I do have a quote that Dick screams. He screams, it belittles me. <laughs> it belittles you, Dick. It belittles you that Della has a friend. Who's your friend? No, Dick, you're belittling yourself. Which is exactly what Della says. You belittle yourself. Dick. She didn't say dick. I'm just adding that in. No, I think that's valid. I think she was thinking that. Right. So next it's revealed that Alan has gifted them with a trip for their 10th wedding anniversary. How sweet. And then it just gets more intense. Like, uncomfortably intense. Dick is clearly pretty uh, depressed um, and having some pretty serious uh, mental health issues going on. And Della doesn't really seem to... I don't want to say she doesn't care, but she's not handling it super great. Yeah, and so, campers, before we get accused of victim blaming at any point, we have no context whether, like, has Dick always been like this? Has he always been a dick? Has he always been jealous, controlling, and insecure? Or is this new behavior? Like, we have no way of knowing, and there's no references, so we're kind of having to go off of just what we can see, but yeah. There's a sort of reference coming up in a couple of scenes, and I think I've been watching too much Criminal Minds (laughs) because I'm kind of like, while you're saying that, I'm thinking, okay, if I was Dr. Spencer Reed, I would be like, when he lost his job, that's when he broke. Yeah, yeah, that does, that is a strange trend in true crime. So then we also find out that they've been trying to conceive, and it's not happening. Mm-mm. Which, uh, you know, I've known people that's that, that has happened to, and yes, things get very intense. Emotions run very high. So it seems like there is a lot going on in this household, and the things that, that happen in the upcoming scenes, oh... Like, maybe somebody at some point should have just said, you know what, maybe all of this is a terrible idea, since... Mm-hmm. You know, we've been having trouble conceiving, Dick is clearly going through something, but nope, nope, nobody communicates to each other, nobody seeks any sort of treatment or professional help, instead we just plow on right through the story. Right, so then, while they're, like, having this sort of make-out, sort of cuddle, sort of Della is mothering Richard... The phone starts ringing, and I'm going to give one more point to Richard, which is very unfortunate, all things considered. Yeah. But he asks her very nicely, please don't answer the phone. Yeah. Like, they're having a moment. Yes. They're talking things through. Maybe not through, but they're communicating a little bit. Yes. 
and he does not want her to answer the phone. And also, judging by like how dark it is outside and like in their little hotel room, probably pretty late. Yeah. So again, he says, please don't answer it. And she fucking answers it. Yes. And of course, she says the triggering word, it might be Alan. Mm. So then Dick goes off to mope in what looks like a walk-in closet. Hey, that's valid. Go where you need to go to have some feelings. That's true. I'm a fan yeah. of the bathroom myself. Yeah. I mean, I guess better that he goes off and, you know, deals with it alone than taking it out on Della. But yeah, I agree. She shouldn't have answered the phone. She, you know, Alan would have called back. I mean, come on. So then we cut to they're on a yacht headed to their destination. Yeah. And you know what? I'm actually pretty impressed by the quality of this scene because... I don't think it was necessarily shot in the middle of the body of water. I'm pretty sure it was a green screen of some sort, but it didn't look super shitty. Yeah. Which is just a side note. Don't mind me. (laughs) So here's another thing where, again, not victim blaming, but Della and Alan are uncomfortably, intimately chummy. Like, it made me feel like, Jesus, man. Like I said, I have lots of friends of all genders. I I don't get that snuggly, that close. Not even that, like, if I needed to, like, lean on them, it would be perfectly fine. But it's it's just very uncomfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, like you definitely feel like you're spying on a couple when they cut to Della and Alan. Yeah, and Richard's watching them and he is, I feel like he's the audience where it's just like stare, 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 what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, because that's what I would be doing if I was Richard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if I, if I saw my partner doing that, I would be like, Steven, do you need to tell me something? (laughs) Like, is there something I need to be informed of? Like, is there a conversation that needs to happen? Uh, Yes. Yes. And now every couple has their own boundaries. Every couple, you know, sets their own guidelines for what level of physical affection, you know, that they're comfortable with their partner engaging in. But it is very clear that uh, Della and Alan are definitely crossing one of Dick's boundaries. Yes. And then we kind of finish up that scene where it's just, again, a lot of staring. And they're in like a vehicle now going to their final destination. Watch out for logs. Badacha. And Richard, Alan, and Della are kind of talking to each other. And by kind of talking, I mean Della and Alan are talking. Richard is staring and judging harshly. And I don't necessarily know, like, what brought this up. I think they're just talking about how, like, Alan is single. He's not with anybody. Apparently he's rich, by the way, which makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And Alan makes a comment about how his biggest regret is that he didn't try hard enough to steal Della away from Richard. And then he puts his hand on her knee. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, that... This happens a lot. There's a lot of knee touching. You don't have to be that handsy team. No, 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 no. None. I mean, I swear to God, if any of them ever set their hand on my knee, I mean, that would be my cue to get up and leave. Or at least say, dude, what 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 the fuck you doing that is so intimate and just i i just i cannot i cannot fathom putting my hand on somebody's knee with their partner right there especially if they are monogamous mm-hmm. yeah it's very awkward and alan just keeps digging in on the whole like oh really regret losing della it's really aw- awkward and uncomfortable and then they get to this 
gorgeous cabin on a lake. Where do you think this story takes place? Where where are they? I would guess that they're like maybe northern California. That would like make sense. But I do have a fun fact about this cabin, the cabin's location specifically. This episode is filmed in the same cabin that John Candy and Dan Aykroyd's family stay in in the great film, The Great Outdoors. I'm giving you a face. Yeah, I know. I'm old. Listen, it's a great I don't film. Know this movie. Listen, it's a great film. John Candy and Dan Aykroyd were a stellar team. You should watch it. It's great. In fact, I rec- I highly recommend all of John Candy's filmography, but The Great Outdoors is a particularly good one. Got it. Got it. I also have a note here that says, "Is Alan a drug dealer?" Question mark. You know what? He might be. They don't really say what his job is, so no. I'm, I'm, it's canon. And, and yeah, and I just everything he does, like the way he interacts with other people, like the few other people you see him interact with, it just has has an air of like authority that you would expect like a drug lord to have. He's very rich, charismatic. Yes, very charismatic. Kind of has a a little bit of an attitude of "I take what I want" kind of. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. That's what he comes across like to me. My other note is, I was really questioning, this is their 10-year anniversary trip. Yes. Why are they taking an anniversary trip with their friend? <laughs> like, that would make perfect sense if you were in a triad, mm-hmm. if you were Polly, or if for your 10-year anniversary you wanted to spice things up and have a three-way. Then that makes perfect sense. No judgment here on that. So there's like this assistant dude that kind of goes back to, is he a drug dealer? Because the way he's talking to this guy who, does he have a name? Alvarez. Ooh, that's fun. Yes. I I call him Alan's creepy manservant. (laughs) That's, That's what I have. I like it. I like it. So he's in charge of helping him around the place and getting things organized for the vacation. And like you said, yeah, it's fucking weird. Why is their friend with him? Yeah. And even Alvarez is super like just piling on to the the issues that are already building by commenting on how hot Della is. Like, that's that's not appropriate. Like, turn that down. He tells Richard about how he's been cheated on three times and got a divorce three times. It's a lot of information to dump on a complete stranger who's on his anniversary trip. And then he tells Richard that he's drunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's a treat. Yeah. And it just, the the story just gets darker because no one seems to be concerned that Dick, for the rest of the episode, is sulking in the dark, drinking, alone, avoiding everyone, isolating. No one seems to think that this is a concern. Right. Like, they're not really engaging him super well. No. And then this is where there's a big inconsistency. Yeah. So Richard goes back inside and Della and Alan are like playing cards or something. And while they're playing cards, they're just chit-chatting about the past. Yes. Talking about high school and how Alan went on a date with this girl with really nice bazookas. (laughs) Or was it bazangas? One of those buzz, buzzwords. Another word for breasts. Yes. yes. The titties, if you will. Yes. And then he's like, well, was that before or after we dated? And Della, like, whispers, it was after. Now, here's the thing, campers. 
a few minutes ago, they just made a comment about how Alan was Richard's BFF, which implies that they didn't know each other until the wedding. What I think, because they don't spell any of this out, so what I pieced together was that Alan and Richard were friends, and... Alan dated Della. Maybe they were friends after that. Maybe they were friends during that time. But mm-hmm. after Alan clearly moved on with with a woman that had big old boobies, at some point in time in there, Richard and Della started dating after Alan had already moved on, I would assume. And usually, if you're going to date your friend's ex, you would get their blessing. So that was kind of what my thought based on all that was, because otherwise it'd be weird that Alan was Richard's best man. Right. But Richard says no, and then, again, just stalks off, leaves them alone. Cut to the evening, Richard wakes up alone. And I have a note here that says, the sound that he wakes up to sounds an awful lot like a headboard hitting a wall. It does. It's super unfortunate noises. Yeah, And where is that noise coming from? Because then he sneaks out and it's just Della and Alan having a very strange and whispery, conspiratorial sounding conversation. But so where the, what is making that noise? Were they in rocking chairs? I don't know, but listen, I have a rocking chair at home and I had an upstairs neighbor that had a rocking (laughs) chair above my bedroom, unfortunately. It doesn't sound like that. That's that's probably a good thing it doesn't sound like that because it was super fucking questionable. Yes. When Richard goes down to listen to their conversation, they're whispering to each other about how Della's really excited about something and she really wants to tell Richard and Alan's like, oh, he'll know soon. What the fuck does that mean, team? Right. And then they say like, he's acting strange. Does he suspect anything? Yeah. And once again, Alan's hand is on Della's knee, and it's like, dude. She can touch the arm, touch the shoulder. That's that's the friendly area. Mm-hmm. Knee is venturing into the sexy zone. <laughs> the sexy zone. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So yes. then Della's like, oh, well, we should probably wrap this up. He hasn't been sleeping well lately. Richard hears that as a cue runs back into the bed and just lays there thinking about everything he just witnessed and it's like processing processing before Della comes back upstairs double checks if he's awake or not and then just crawls into bed and gets a little cuddly with him yeah I'll admit it's all very sus <laughs> mm-hmm again very uncomfortable to watch all of this so the next morning Dick wakes up and finds that Ellen and Della are gone Hmm. Curiouser and curiouser. He goes tearing through her belongings. He finds some of the gifts that Ellen had bought her. And he finds some, um, saucy lingerie. Yeah, he finds these cute, I think cute, I'm still up in the air, but they're like a black thigh high sheer, and it looks like it's got little polka dot diamonds on it. Yeah, little white lace, like... I thought they were cute. I thought it was cute. I probably would have worn them. Mm -hmm. But Richard seems to think that, oh my god, Alan's been buying her all new things. What if they just left me here? I mean, because obviously it's your anniversary trip, so totally illogical for your wife to bring lingerie. Come on, Dick, use your head here. But he is so deep in the paranoia. He is losing his damn mind at this point. Just gone right off the deep end. And then we see Alvarez... Good old creepy Alvarez. 
He's like, oh, good morning. The the lady told me to keep you here. Dude, dude, you're not <sighs> helping the situation. Yeah, like, it, it's just so, like, your head is in your hands because you're like, no. So, yeah, he's been instructed to keep Dick away from the other cabin. And, you know, of course, Dick already thinks they're having an affair. So, clearly, they, they left early to have some morning delight, I guess? Question hey. mark? Sure. I mean, hey. But then, luckily, Richard and Della walk back in and they're having a good old time laughing like they were just talking and plotting something. And Richard's like, were you shopping again? Mm-hmm. Shopping, quote-unquote. <laughs> yes, that's, that's what the kids are calling it these days. Yes. And throughout this scene, we're... Dick is having a total breakdown. At some point, somebody should have just stopped and been like, okay, we, like, pause. So, like, Richard is falling apart. He's clearly not been doing well this whole trip, and now he's having a complete break. But no, no, of course that's not what happens, because <laughs> that, that would have had a happy ending, probably, or at least happier than what, what we do get. But we find out that Dick lost his job. And now he's working at the hole-in-the-wall bar that they frequented when they were all BFFs a few years ago. Yeah. And Alan's like, wait, I thought you were selling insurance. Nope. Not anymore. Got let go. Nope. And Alan is trying to comfort him, but you know, fragile masculinity. It's been damaged, so Dick cannot accept Alan's comfort. Plus, you know, he thinks that Alan is banging his wife, so that yeah. is valid to not want to accept his comfort. But then Dick begins verbally abusing Della and screams at her until she cries. So that's cool. That's nice. That's a that's a great anniversary trip. Huzzah! And then Della leaves rightfully so. Yes. And Alan's like, what was that about? You could have handled that better, dude. And Alan calls him an asshole. And Dick says, I'm the asshole. You're the one who's fucking my wife. I, again, Dick has thrown up so many red flags. This trip shouldn't have happened. Or at minimum when they got there and was like, well, that's weird that he doesn't want to spend any time with us or talk to us or hang out with us at all and wants to just isolate in the dark and drink. They should have just you know, turned that ship around and taken him, you know. Somewhere else. <laughs> to get checked out. At this point, yes, Della owes him nothing after getting, you know, verbally abused like that. And understandably, Alan, you know, is trying to protect Della. As, as you should if you witness somebody getting verbally abused like that. Right. But why did no one come back and, like, clear the air and tell him what is going on? And continuing with their little plan which is very obviously a, a bad idea. It's just so illogical the way they just buckle down and just plow through. Yeah, so then it's evening time again, and Richard has been by himself in this cabin. I am assuming there is probably more booze in his system at this yeah. point. And he... He is getting some ideas when he sees all of the, like, hunting equipment around here, including, like, a prized bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. And then cue Alan coming back to pick Richard up for <sighs> this surprise. Yes. But Dick's got a surprise for Alan. Hey. Dick shows Alan that he's been practicing shooting arrows all day, and Alan... <laughs> Alan, the dumbass. <laughs> He's a good sport. Uh, Alan thinks it's silly. Yes, Alan, your friend who is having a mental breakdown in front of you 
is now in front of you has verbally abused his wife and accused you of having an affair with her has been practicing with a deadly weapon all day. Let's have a laugh about it and think it's just good old fun and games. Oh, and it's loaded? Oh, that makes the joke so much better. Oh, and then we get real uncomfortable. Dick begins to imitate Della's orgasm sounds. Oh my god, I forgot about that part. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I blocked it out every time I watched it, and it surprised me every time I had to go back and rewatch this. I'm so glad I multitasked during oh, this episode. God, I it forgot was about it. Thank so you. uncomfortable. So incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm going to let you do that. <laughs> oh, I know I am not going to. I'm not going to imitate those sounds. No, thank you. No. All right. No. So, so there's some noises being made and yes. it's not a good time. If you want to watch it, good luck. Have yep. fun. More power to you, campers. And then he shoots. That he does. He seems surprised when Alan dies uh, after being shot with an arrow, and then he gets real giddy when he realizes he just murdered Alan. He's he's a little bit, he's on board for something finally during this trip. Like, he's finally having a good time. He is. He is. It is very uncomfortable. I will give it this. This actor plays unhinged very well, and then... Della comes to the cabin. Della is looking around, trying to figure out where the boys are, you know, trying to be like, we gotta go. There, There's something happening and we need to go do this thing at this place. Yes, and she finds Dick lurking in the dark, wearing the coat that Alan bought for her. It had a lot of Buffalo Bill vibes to me for yeah, some reason. Yeah, yes. Um, and it also had a lot of Alan's blood on it. So oh, that was also- neat. Also that, also that. Yes. And then she asks, where's Alan? And then Richard has the father of all dad jokes. Oh, he's hanging around here somewhere. And then we see that Alan is hanging from the wall via (laughs) an arrow. So Della reacts appropriately. Screams. (laughs) Screams and runs the hell away from Dick. But instead of running out the door, and I'll I'll give Della credit, like when you're in a panic, as she likely was, she probably just wasn't thinking and just ran towards a door. And she ends up in a room instead of running outside. So she barricades herself in the room. Oh boy. And we get a little shining, shining here. I was going to say that yeah. too. Like, yeah. Oh, that's the shining for a few minutes. Yeah, because Dick follows her, of course, because he wants to give her her anniversary present. I just want to talk to you and bash your brains in. Yeah. Wrong movie. Uh, so Dick calls her names and he forces his way in by throwing himself into the door over and over and over. That's a lot of fucking adrenaline. Yeah. And so Del does the only thing you could do in that situation. Referencing another horror movie, good old Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Della throws herself out the window. Good idea. Yes. And what I don't get, so obviously after landing hard, I believe she may have been on the second floor. Mm -hmm. So she lands pretty hard. Obviously she takes a pause to gather herself, but she doesn't even have time to get up and run because Dick is out there. He is, he knows, he went right to her outside. And boy, does shit get real dark. Yeah, this is, I would say this is going to have to be nominated for one of the darkest episode of Tales from the Crypt because he gets, he finally gets his hands 
on Della. Mm-hmm. And he's holding the lingerie, the stockings that have been gifted to her, aka, hey man, that's actually probably part of your anniversary present from yes. her, but you're yes. too dumb to realize this, bro. Yes. And um, he strangles her with her lingerie, all while asking if, you know, the lingerie turned Alan on. Boy, the camera just goes right in on Della's face for a very long time. It is the up-close shot that nobody asked for, except for the director and editor. Yeah, and I gotta say, I usually complain in horror films that... You know, strangulations, um, they go pretty quick. When you want, when you're watching a, a murder TV show or mm-hmm. something, you know, they strangle somebody and within like 30 seconds, they're just dead. Didn't count how long this went on for, but it felt like an hour. <laughs> like it was so agonizingly long and uncomfortable that he was strangling her. Finally, thank God she died. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Della's dead. Yes. And Richard decides that, oh, he has to go check out the thing that they were talking about because now he's curious now that they're dead. So he takes Della's body, starts dragging her behind Mm -hmm. him going to this thing. While he's dragging her, he implies that he is going to commit necrophilia with her corpse. Yeah, that that's part that's of it. That's another thing I forgot. Yep, <laughs> yep. He um he is going to rape his dead wife's body. It is. Yeah, oh that's my a thing. god! It is like when I say I just literally wanted to step out of my own skin at this point. Yeah, no, valid. I wanted to take a bleach bath after this. <laughs> like I was so uncomfortable. Fair enough. So then he gets himself and Della's body to this next building. I'm assuming there's a- another cabin. It's Alan's cabin. Yeah. Oh, it's Alan's cabin. Yes. Okay, so how many fucking cabins are at this place? I- telling you, man, whatever Drug Alan was money. selling, like, <laughs> somebody cue me in, because... <laughs> good shit. Good right? expensive shit. Yeah. So he opens the front door and... Surprise! Surprise! So Della and Alan were planning a surprise anniversary slash pregnancy reveal party. Happy anniversary. You're gonna be a daddy. (sighs) He's gonna be a daddy after they get a hold of him and take him (laughs) to the shock treatments. Yes. So it really focuses in then on his face and then... Della's dead body, and then the faces of the party (laughs) guests as they realize... Oh, fuck. What has just happened? Boy, yeah, he uh, sure ruined that surprise party. It was definitely a surprise for everybody there. Uh, Richard was the guest of horror. (laughs) Yeah, and then the Crypt Keeper makes some jokes that are very uncomfortable. I did not write any of them down because... No, they weren't good. I was so, yeah, I was like, I am just so uncomfortable right now. And again, the whole time, like, not victim blaming, because we don't know, like, maybe Della was kind of tuning it all up because maybe Dick has been like this for a long time. But Alan should at some point have stepped in and be like, this is not a good idea. We need to just tell him what's happening and we'll just have a regular old party because this is not okay. Mm-mm. Oh boy. Yep. So all of that uh, conspiring was just for a surprise party because, um, you know, Della was pregnant. Oh boy. Yep. Yes. Yep. 
super uncomfortable. Boy, are you ready for Who's That Cool? (laughs) I will be right after this. We are very excited to tell you all about our new ghoul friend over at High Tea Distributors. High Tea Distributors is a woman and queer owned small business out of Berks County, Pennsylvania. She started by making herbal tea blends with hemp flowers for her family members. And now, one year later, she specializes in herbal teas, bath products, and is always working on some new blends to pair with other herbs you like to smoke. Well, you're not ganja, believe this, but I just ordered us the tea sampler, which includes 12 tea bags, two bags each of the most popular hemp teas, all containing healthy doses of either CBD or CBG. Well, I'm excited. I've got high expectations. I'm looking forward to trying some new teas with my best bud. If you're feeling green with envy, you can check them out now on Facebook and Instagram or at www.highteadistributors.com. Use promo code CREEPITREAL for 20% off your purchase. That's promo code CREEPITREAL for 20% off. Are you ready for Who's That Ghoul? All right, so this incredibly horrific dark episode with so little humor was directed by David Burton Morris. As a director, he's directed such classic as And the Beat Goes On, The Sunny and Cher Story, and Come On, Get Happy, The Partridge Family Story, and The Three Lives of Karen. <laughs> Obviously, I was being pretty sarcastic when I said such classics as. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I remember watching the Partridge Family movie. <laughs> I do remember that coming out, but I didn't watch it. But he did apparently win some indie film awards for some movie back in the 80s called Patty Rocks, which... I'd never heard of, I had not heard of any of his filmography aside from those TV movies, but he did co-write the screenplay for this episode. So there's that. Which makes me wonder, David, are you okay? (laughs) Do you need to talk to somebody? Actually, you know who we should be talking to? Who? Whoever wrote that comic. Right? We should go find them and be like, hey, you might actually be dead now. Right. But, um, but are you doing okay there, Fran? And then we have good old Dick played by Gavin O'Hurley her oh boy <laughs> O'Hurley he it is Swedish o- no it's it, it like Irish it's O apostrophe H E R L I H Y O'Hurley I don't I don't know I apologize to Gavin <laughs> So much. Yes. So Gavin got his start in the 70s with some small parts and some classic sitcoms such as the Mary Tyler Moore show and Happy Days. And he later went on to act in films such as Superman 3, Never Say Never Again, a Bond film. (laughs) Oh, okay. Death Wish 3, which, I mean, is on par because the Death Wish films are about as dark as this episode. He was in Willow, you know, with the the little magic dude. Yeah. 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 He was in uh, some episodes of Twin Peaks and the film The Descent 2. Okay, I think I remember watching The Descent 2. Okay. The first one really freaked me the fuck out. Yeah. Also, remind me, what is it? Is that Spurbunking? Is that what that's called? Spulunking. Yeah, that. No, fuck that. Yeah. I never wanted to do it to begin with, and then that movie came out, and then I was like, well, definitely no yeah. solid pass. Yeah. 
Also, I remember watching Willow, but I legit thought he was the dude that played Rocky in Rocky Horror Picture Show. I thought that's why I knew him. Apparently not. No. No, I I thought he looked like Gary Busey. The whole time I kept checking, I was like, are are we sure this isn't Gary Busey? (laughs) Because he looked, he just had some... Busey-isms, like the wild faces and all. Also, the erratic behavior, very Busey. I do have a great Busey story, but I'll save it in case Busey's ever been in an episode. I haven't looked that far ahead. And I can share the story only because I can back it up with video evidence. So, no (laughs) chance of me getting sued. Anywho, uh, then we have Della, who is played by Ruth DeSosa. You may know her from such classics as Come On, Get Happy, The Partridge Family Story. Oh my goodness, that sounds so familiar. Right? So Ruth got her start in the late 80s with small parts in TV and movies. She was in Hook, MacGyver, Freddy's Nightmares. We've had quite a few people that were in Freddy's Nightmares. Hmm. And she was also in this series that I do not remember at all called The Young Indiana Jones. It was a series of TV movies. I think I do remember that. But my favorite credit, because you know I, I have favorite credits, and this is... Just ironic. And it's because my friend A-Ray, who, like I said, I recently hung out with, we have an inside joke about the Muffin Man. And she was in a TV movie called Do You Know the Muffin Man? And I laughed hysterically until I read what it was about. It's a... It's a okay, wait, wait, wait. That's a true crime, isn't it? Yes. It's not funny at all. It's about abused children. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think yeah. you can watch that for free on um, Tubi or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's dark. So dark. So clearly, uh, good old Ruth is not a stranger to the incredibly dark subject matter. And then we have Alan, who's played by Paul Lieber. He made a career out of special appearances on TV shows, such as Who's the Boss? Dallas, 90210, Monk, Dexter. (gasps) Who was he in Monk? Do you have that written down by chance? Because no, No, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Did not care enough to write it down. (laughs) Well, fine. Um, It was just a one-off. Yeah, it was just, he has made a career of, like, playing that guy in one episode of lots of famous TV shows. Okay. Uh, But most importantly, he played Randy in the 1979 TV movie Portrait of a Stripper. It is the Hmm. touching portrayal of a young mother and dance student who travels to California after the death of her husband, and in order to pay her bills, she takes up burlesque dancing. But to her dismay, the club she works at is sold to new owners who transform it into a hardcore strip clubs where the dancers must bear it all. And actually, that is the true story of what happened with burlesque, in case you were wondering. <laughs> that is part of the evolution of burlesque until it took a bit of a turn and neo-burlesque started. So, And now you know. <laughs> so that is the credits. Our creepy Alvarez really didn't have anything of note, so I just left him out. That's fine. Yep. He was... He was a fun little character. I'm gonna give him that. Yeah, he was real good at being unsettling. <laughs> yeah, like, I just kept going, like, does anybody, does, does no one in this episode have boundaries? Like, what <laughs> none at all? What is your purpose, sir? Like, he's the errand dude, sure. Yeah. But why are you still here? Yeah. So, Lauren. Yes? I'm gonna take the reins here. <laughs> I'm very curious what your rating of this episode is. I'm going to have to rate it one and a half severed thumbs down. It gets half a severed thumb up because Uh it is 
definitely a horror episode, so I want to give it some credit, but it was so left field, and I feel like even the people that write the intro-outro portion for Mm -hmm. John Kassir were probably extremely uncomfortable and also not sure how to make it funny because his intro-outro was lame. Yeah, it was really bad. I, too, give it one and a half. I mean, because the twist at the end, I mean, it was a great twist, but it was just, yeah, all of the episodes have always had that Tales from the Crypt little, like, smirk, you know, that little, like, little jabs of humor inserted here and there. You know, episodes, some episodes are more funny than others, but this episode was just straight up dark. And now that this episode's over, let's talk about this other potential giant red flag. Uh Uh-huh. So at the beginning of the episode, Richard confesses that he is unable to give Della children. Yeah. At the end of the episode... We find out that Della is pregnant. Yes. We are unsure on how much time Alan and Della have spent together. That is a good conspiracy theory. Was the baby Alan's and Richard wasn't paranoid this whole time. Still doesn't justify the murder. Correct. It does not justify anything <laughs> that happened in this no, episode, however. but like... Could they have, could that be? Could Alan have, like, donated sperm? Oh, that is uncomfortable to think about. But because we love the campers, we respect you campers. (laughs) And we're stubborn as fuck. Yes, we were like, we're going to power through this. It's not going to be very funny, but we are going to power through this. I do have some vaguely unfortunate news for you, Camp Counselor Tish. Yes. The next episode isn't super much better, Uh but it's definitely not as dark as this one. Yay! (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was... I need a shower now just talking about it. Anywho, that was this week's episode. Thank you for listening to Camp Creep Podcast. If you would like to support the show, you can do the following. Follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a review, particularly on Apple Apple. Podcasts. Yes, please. That really helps us get found by other people. But you can also follow us online on social media. On Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. (laughs) And we are at Camp Creep Podcast. On the ye old Twitter, we are at Camp Creep Pod. Also, I just started us a LinkedIn. Oh shit, you did it? I did it. You were talking about it for a few weeks. I did it. I did it. Because you know what? This is, even though, like, it's not like we're making money on this. This is a job. And the fact that I've been able to use it in job interviews, I was like, that's it. I'm going to start advertising on LinkedIn. So you'll be able to follow us on LinkedIn also. So related funny side quest story then. Sure. Yeah. I definitely also talked about this podcast on my recent interview. And I have been at a new job for about two, three weeks now. And I remember when they asked me the question, if we were to call your current job, what would they say about your work performance? And me knowing that they would end up talking to you in HR, (laughs) I said... I think she would say I'm two severed thumbs up. Yeah. And they just kind of stared at me for a second before they started laughing. And I was like, oh, God, I just said that in an interview. What right. did I do? I mean, you got the job. I so did. it worked out. I, I have a very awkward, weird charm, apparently. They were, they were here for it. Yes. 
So you should definitely support us, campers, because we love you. Please do. And feel free to send us an email at campcreeppodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns. Fan fiction. Fan fiction, please. (laughs) If you happen to be residing in Finland or anywhere outside the United States, I would really, yeah, I would really (laughs) love to know. And thank you to Steve O'Dockerson for our fantastical theme music. And as always, campers... Creep it real.